Tonight, I want to uh, speak on prayer. <laughs> prayer. And I title it a Christian praise. Basically, what I'm saying is if you are a Christian, it's part of your life. You should have a prayer life. If you're a Christian, you ought to pray. And if you don't have a prayer life, uh, reconsider. You need one. A Christian prays. If you're a Christian, you ought to be praying. You ought to pray. Father, we just ask that you speak to us tonight from your word. And just help us to understand the importance of prayer in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Jesus demonstrated to us how to live the Christian life. He was the Son of God. When you are born again, you are a child of God, just like Jesus was here on earth. Jesus was called the Son of God because he was a man on the earth. He was truly God. But as a man, he is the Son of God. And you, having the same spirit that gave him birth, remember the, uh, the spirit came on Mary, having the same spirit and in the flesh, you are a child of God on the earth. And so he demonstrated how a child of God ought to live on the earth. This is part of our Christian work. You cannot be a Christian and not have a prayer life. Christians ought to pray. You should have a time to pray. It should be part of your life. If you're going weeks without praying, you're going days without praying, and you are not bothered by it, reconsider. Something is happening, and you need to recognize there is an enemy there. Jesus demonstrated that. He went up several times, we're told. He separated himself, and he prayed. And then he encouraged his disciples to pray as well. In fact, they wanted to know to pray. To, to be a Christian is to be a praying person. It's part of our Christian walk. It's, it's a very vital part of our Christian work. You can't really, your Christian life will be of no value on the earth unless you have a prayer life between you and your God. It's so important. You can see that from the very beginning. If you read in Acts chapter 2, verse 42, it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrines. So they were being taught the way of the, the Christian way of life. They were being taught that. And they were fellowshipping with one another, just like we are doing in church. We fellowship with one another and in the presence of God, in the breaking of bread, and in what? Prayers. Not just prayer. Prayers. That's part of the Christian work. We ought to pray. If you want to be relevant, if you want to be a real child of God, that God is walking through on the earth, and he wants to walk through all of us, you have to have a prayer life. That was there from the very beginning. Acts chapter 2 was right after Pentecost. The first believers that got saved, and they were taught to, taught to pray. And they did that regularly. That was part of their life. If you read in Acts chapter one, uh, chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of what? Prayer. 
they were mindful of it. Even though they were separated from the rest of the Jews, they knew in the temple there was a time set apart for prayer. And just becoming born again didn't, you know, exclude them from that. They knew they had to go. And they, Peter and John, the leaders, they, were, they left the disciples and they were walking to the temple to spend an hour with God. It's called the hour of prayer. You need and I need to have an hour of prayer. Jesus told his disciples, what? Can't you spend one hour with me in prayer? Watch and pray. It's so important. Watch and pray. Because prayer is part of our Christian work. If you are not praying, you are in trouble already. You are already in trouble. Something is cooking behind and you can see it. That's why he said to watch and pray. Because the enemy is not sleeping. He is constantly planning how to trip you with his tricks. And your prayer ought to put you in a position where you can rise above whatever trick he's cooking behind the scene. So we ought to pray. And the disciples knew this. And then in Acts chapter 10, just to let you know that prayer was a part of their life. And I can go into other scriptures. The disciples, Acts chapter 7, they said, the apostles now, we cannot serve tables. Remember that? We must give ourselves to the ministry of the word and what? And prayer. If you're a Christian, you ought to have a prayer life. If you don't, let me tell you something. You know, God does not want any child of his to remain a baby. I was then a baby. He wants you to grow up. God cannot tolerate a child of his remaining a baby. Read Hebrews chapter 6. God wants you to grow up. If you, cause, if you remain a baby, then God has no use for you. Because at, the Bible tells us, in Galatians, he tells us a, a child who is a prince, as long as he remains a child, cannot inherit nothing. You have to get into maturity. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word so that you may grow. God wants you to grow. You can't remain a baby. And it's hard to really grow without prayer. It's very important. Prayer for a Christian. It shouldn't be anything. I hear Christians saying, I'm a prayer warrior. Shut up. It is nothing like prayer warrior. All of us are prayer warriors. He's just drawing attention to yourself. I hate the term. Don't ever call me a prayer warrior. What do you mean? Every Christian ought to pray. And the disciples were very conscious of that. And then in Acts 10 verse 9, it says the next day, this is the story of Cornelius. Cornelius had dispatched some people to look for, for Peter. It says the next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to what? To pray. And he, they were preparing meal. He went up to pray. 
And he was hungry. And you know what happened? God gave him a vision. But it was part of his life. He knew to separate himself to pray. And then let me show you something. Now, do you know of the Corinthian Christians? They love to speak in tongues, okay? They really love that. And they love all the gifts. But Paul was telling them, I, I thank my God that I pray in tongues. I pray in tongues. I speak in tongues more than you all. But in the church, I'd rather speak a few words in tongues so I can instruct you. So most of his praying or most of his speaking in tongues was done at home in private prayer time. And if one man can claim that he speaks in tongues more than every one of us, that's a bold statement. He must have been doing that a lot. This is a, a great preacher. When did he have time to do this? Why was it so important to him? That he was taking a lot of time to pray in the spirit. To the point where he had no doubt that regardless of how many people that was in the church, how excited, he knew he spent more time speaking in tongues. Not in church, at home. Prayer time. So Peter knew he needed to pray. If they need to pray, these were people who, Peter and the, they saw Jesus, they were with him. They knew. They were with power. They had understanding. They knew the meaning of prayer. If you're not praying, you have no understanding. You don't, you don't know what's, go, what's going on. You're clueless. That's what it means. Because if you're not clueless, you will pray. If you, got, if you have the same understanding they got, you spend time praying, you will have an hour of prayer. It's terrible that Christians can go for weeks. No wonder things come in and then they get all these crazy ideas and are arguing about bad things and challenging doctrines and wanting to do and insisting to do evil. It don't bother them. Because they don't have any time for the Holy Spirit to talk to them. They have no time for God. It's so important. You need to pray. You know, the Bible tells us that we ought to pray always. Always. Luke 18 verse 1, it says, Then he spoke a parable. So when Jesus is speaking a parable, what he's trying to do is to tell you what the kingdom of God is like. How the kingdom operates. That's what a parable is. He uses a parable to help you understand if you are part of the kingdom, this is how the kingdom operates. So he spoke a parable to them. And the end of that parable is that men always ought to pray. He used the parable to let them know in the kingdom of God, if you are a man in the kingdom of God, a woman, you are a child of God, you ought not to pray, always to pray. And not to faint. Because if you are not praying always, always, you faint. <laughs> now let me tell you something. When Jesus says something, it's going to happen. He said that you do it and stand without fainting, or you don't do it and you will surely faint. He can't lie. His words will not fall to the ground. If you are not praying, you may already be fainting. You need to wake up, and maybe I'm speaking to the wrong crowd tonight. <laughs> Those who don't, he don't be making any sense at all. 
but it's so important you you need to know that and that's what i started speaking on sunday we are in the last days and things are happening to people hearts are getting very hardened they argue so badly for evil and they're standing their ground that god still accepts them why they're doing something that he's totally not christian has no nothing to do with christianity but they still maintain this is right and they don't they, they are confident in it why they don't know the holy spirit jesus said he the spirit is with you he will be in you you know him he'll be in you if you don't spend time with him how are you going to know him if, he, if you don't know him, he can be in you. So they can make all these strange claims and maintain God is still with them and they are confident. You can convince them they are set for a serious disappointment when they see Jesus face to face. A lot of crazy things happening in the Christian faith today. I'm telling you, it's wild. I'm telling you, it's wild out there. And if you don't spend time praying, you see, for me personally, constantly asking the Lord, please keep me. Keep me. I'm just like the rest of them. We're all brothers. I need your help. Make sure, God, I don't do anything. Please help me. Because I'm as weak. Help me. So I don't do something that comes and is going to bring real shame to your name. I, I plead with him. I know me. Maybe you're really strong. I know me. <laughs> Amen. I know me. And I know without him, there's no way I can make it. And I've been saying to my wife, man is essentially evil. Uh, and I know that. So I really need to go to him constantly and for help. He's not a religious thing for me. He's survival for me. <laughs> I'm not going to be talking to you about prayer warrior. I'm surviving. I need it for my survival. That's what it is for me. You want to call me a prayer warrior, that's okay for you. But for me, I want to make it. I really want to be on God's side. Through it. And that's what I'm asking. Everybody, please, let's get on it. Let's do what God has called us to do. You got a ministry. You have something that God is putting you. If you're not spending time praying, he doesn't have the time to speak to you. I've had him speak to me even before I said a word. I just going on my knees. I still wake 5 o'clock in the morning. I'm going on my knees. I haven't even said a word. He says, son, I want to talk to you. That's how we have the Ark Fellowship today. That's how it came about. He spoke to me about the Ark Fellowship in Nigeria. Because I wake up in the morning just to spend time. It's not a religious thing. You don't need to praise me or feel good about it. It's just something I do. I have been doing it for many years. So it's nothing new for me. He said I do it here or at home. It's so important. He has an appointment. And there comes a time when he wants to speak to you. You've been speaking. He'll tell you. Son, be quiet. Or daughter, be quiet. It's my turn. I'm going to talk now. You better tell him, sir, can you wait a minute, babe? <laughs> Let me get a pen. <laughs> Please. And, and I encourage you. Get a pen. He'll flow like through your thoughts, you know. 
but you write as fast as you could. And I tell you, after you've written, you'll be amazed at what you wrote down. And then every one of them come to pass. He spoke to me that morning. I wrote as fast as I could. And I showed it to Angela when I came back because she had spoken something about Angela. Now, that was before cell phones in my country. <laughs> we couldn't reach each other. I had to go to a booth somewhere in the night to make calls to Angela. And while you're talking, he cuts off. And I said, third world country. Oh, gosh. <laughs> what will we do here? And um, God spoke to me and spoke to him about what's happening with Angela. And when I got back, that's exactly what I saw. Exactly. And I kept that, paper, that book with me for a while. And then uh, a few days later, I saw what Angela was doing. I said, Angela, here you go. Angela said, okay. And he took it and went in the room. And then she came back and said, well, I understand. When, when he says, when is mine going to stop? I said, he didn't tell me anything about that. I didn't ask. And she said, okay, what about this part, your part? What are you going to do? I said, I don't know. She said, well, what would you do to obey? This was about the Ark Fellowship. What would you do to obey God? I said, Angela, he just told me most of your work would be in Texas. That's all I know. I don't know anything else. And she said, would you start a Bible study? And I said, yeah, I'll do that. We started the Bible study. It was going well. But I knew after a while this wasn't it. But if you ask me what it was, I didn't know. But the time came, we were in church, where it became clear to us, this is it. My point is, he's going to speak to you. But you need that time with him. He looks forward to it. When there is a set time, he's looking for you. That's fellowship. Have you read in Genesis where he comes down to be with Adam? And Adam knew the time and knew when to hide <laughs> because he knew he was coming. He knew when to hide. He said, I heard you, I heard you walking, and so I'm hiding. He looks forward to that. He was time for you see God needs you you see Jesus when he went to pray did he go alone and get so many he had his three friends you don't know they were his friends he was human just like the rest of us they were his best friends especially John he needed them and he wanted them to be with him God enjoys your presence it's not just a prayer thing just coming to speak to him gives him gladness he listens to you and your voice is beautiful in his ears it's like music hearing you speak to him even when you're pouring out your troubles they are like music to him and when you leave he doesn't forget what you've spoken to him he's working out things all things work together for good to them that love god God already knows what's going on. But he wants to hear it from you. That's prayer. He just wants to hear it from you. Let me tell you something. The secret here. If he doesn't come from you, ask him for help, he has no right to intervene. Just like you ask Jesus into your life, he cannot intervene until you bring him into the situation. And you do that through prayer. And so if you're not praying, you haven't brought him into the situation. He'll be looking at you. 
He wants to help you, but you haven't given him permission to act on your behalf. Your prayer and a desperate prayer is saying, God, I need you to come into this situation. I need help. Then he'll work. Jeremiah 29. You know 29 verse 11. You know that, you know, you know, God says, you know, my thoughts. My thoughts towards you, they are to bless you. They are not for evil. But then after he gets through that, he says, then you will go and pray to me. Why? Because even though his thoughts for you, the good in you know it, it doesn't help until you pray to him. You need to pray. You won't grow. Things will happen in your life. You know what Christians do when, when they've gone through real, when they're going through real pressure, then they remember to pray. And it's a McDonald's type of praying. God, just make it right now. God, you better give it to me now. If you don't, I'm gone. I'm going to do something about this. But that's not the kind of prayer God wants. Men ought always to pray. Ephesians 6 verse 18, it says, Praying, how? Always. Praying, how often? Always. Praying, always, with all prayer. So different kinds of prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end. You again, Watch and pray. You are praying and you are watching. You are looking at what's happening and you are communicating with God and letting God know what's going on. Sometimes it's asking him, question God, what's going on? Sometimes it may be for a while I won't speak to you. It's so important. Uh, we need to pray. It says... With, per, with all perseverance, stay there. Stay there. Don't worry. Persevere. Even though things are tough, you're praying, you're watching, you're persevering. That's what I saw with Pastor Andy. I told him I was going to brag about it. I, Irina and uh, Pastor Andy for months. Okay? Uh, they were around me. You couldn't tell. There is not that long face, you know. And I knew God was going to do something. Uh, last, I don't think it was over a month ago, Pastor Andy was telling me uh, their house. I don't, do I have permission, Pastor? <laughs> I'm gonna, he didn't shake his head real good, so he's saying, You are tre- treading in a place where I don't want to <laughs> call it that. Yeah, Aaron, I said, Okay. I guess so. I'm leaving it. <laughs> they will tell it. <laughs> but I, I have been truly impressed in time of prayer, just praying. And God, I, I knew just one month. Basically, we needed God to do something before this next month, desperately. And we concluded God's going to do something, but you don't know what he's going to do. All you can do is pray. And God came through, and I'm so, so glad. I'm very grateful to God for it. In Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Please don't take this literally. 
uh, when you are in the office and your boss says, how are you? Don't go, what's wrong with you? <laughs> what did you say? Oh, he's the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Once you leave, it says, we got it crazy in the office. <laughs> but basically, what it is, when it comes to you, spend time praying. You pray in the bathroom. Some of us like to sing in the bathroom, right? <laughs> uh, those uh, joyful noise, huh? <laughs> joyful noise in the bathroom, amen. The wife is saying, why don't you be quiet? <laughs> He's making a joyful noise in the bathroom. <laughs> He's like, uh, but why don't you do a joyful praying in the bathroom, amen? And wherever you are, when you have that time, Pray without season. Basically, God is saying, I want you to pray always. Why is he asking us to do that? There must be a reason for it. And then there's something that he gets out of it. Why would he demand this if he's not getting something out of it? He's seeking those to worship him. And he wants them to worship him in spirit and in truth he seeks that and so we need to pray and ask god to bless us i'm going to give you a few things that prayer will do and i'm going to go real quickly uh why we must pray the main thing is we need help Uh, we're constantly in need of help remember the bible tells us in job that a man born of a woman is has but few days full of trouble. That's just us. I don't know about you. It's like I, I get through one problem, and before I had time to rejoice, here comes, here comes another big one. And I'm wondering, where were you before I got through this? It, it just seems like it never ends. One trouble after another. You're, we're always dealing with that. And so we are constantly in need of help. And the only way to get help is from above. We need help from heaven. Now, remember this. Let me give you a little honest. uh, uh, (laughs) Let me help you understand this. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I believe verse 20, we are... um, ambassadors for Christ. This is not your home. You are representing God here on earth. Your origin is up there. You are an ambassador right here. If you are an ambassador from a different country and you live in a country, that country is not going to support you right? They're not going to give you money. They won't help you build your house. They won't do anything for you. You're from over there and you represent their interest in that country. So your resources must come from where? Your home country. You get the picture? Your resources must come from there. If you're going through financial difficulty as an ambassador, you're not going to go to the president of the nation and say, could you help us? They say, why don't you call your president? 
and get help from there. We're not going to give, give you our money. So your blessings come from where? From your homeland. When we're going through trouble, we need help from our homeland. There's going to be constant challenges coming into our lives. Even as ambassadors, because we are an ambassadors, or amb- we are ambassadors in a hostile country that don't like where you came from. <laughs> and they're ready to kill you any day they could. Do you understand what I'm saying? The only help you have living in this hostile country is help from over there. And they kill you if you make the wrong, the wrong turn. You see the picture? We are in a hostile world that's wanting to destroy us. And so we must do everything to protect ourselves. They can't destroy us when we have help from there. If you are representing an ambassador of the U.S., uh, it's the most powerful country in the world, and you are in a small nation, and they don't really like you, they know not to kill you because they know what's going to happen to them uh, from this big nation. They'll come and just wipe us all out. So they tolerate you walking around even though they hate you, not because of who you are, but because of who you represent. That's the survival we have here. So we must call back home for help when we're having some difficulty. Do you understand what I'm saying? We have to call back home from heaven. We need help from heaven. Psalm 60 verse 11 and 12 says, Give us help from trouble. Amen. (laughs) Where do you get uh, help from trouble? From God. Give us help from trouble. For the help of man is useless. Hey, say the word with me. Useless. (laughs) They're helping you, but the help they are giving is what? According to God's word. If you're having difficulty and man helps you, it won't last. It's a useless kind of help. The real help comes from above. And you must ask for it. That's what he was doing. Give us help from trouble. The help of man through experience have found it to be useless. Give us help from trouble. For the help of man is useless. Why us? Because every one of us is going through some kind of trouble. Amen? <laughs> and man cannot help us. Everyone is going through one thing. If it's not, one, if it's not money, it's something else. Family matter, a crazy husband or a crazy wife. Amen. <laughs> Please don't look at Angela. She's not crazy. <laughs> <laughs> she's a good man <laughs> I attest to that I have a home to go to <laughs> uh, the help of man is useless through God we will do not, shall, not me do through God we will do that's why we ask him for help we will do valiantly boldly For it is he who shall tread down our enemies. So we need help from him. 
We have enemies. And believe me, it's not man. It's Satan that's planning all these things against your life. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to cast you down. He wants you to feel bad about yourself. He wants to make you feel like nobody likes you and all of that, that you are alone in this trouble. There's nothing new on earth. If you're going through it, somebody else went through it. And they, went, they got victory through God. You can too. Amen? You just can. All you need to do is cry to God and He'll give us help from heaven. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 127 verse 1, Unless the Lord builds the house, the labor, the labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards this city, and the city can be your finances. Amen? The city can be your family. The city can be your children. Unless the Lord guards them, the watchman stays awake in vain. Whatever you're trying to do, whatever you're trying to build, you're trying to build a church, whatever you're trying to do, you need God unless he is involved. You're just doing it in vain. You need him to be a part of it, to be a partner with you, this senior partner with you. Whether it's a business, whatever you're trying to do, you need him. And the way to get him in is by you speaking to him. I can't overemphasize this. It's so important. When we're dealing with people who are demonized, we tell them, tell the demon to get out of you. You don't want them in. Because once you say that, you disallow them in your life. In other words, you give them quick notice. And they know right from the time you say it, they cannot stay in your life. They start living. Sometimes they live quietly. Other times they live violently. But they have to go. That's the confidence I have when I'm dealing with people who are demonized. I don't care what's going on. If I can get the person to say, no, I don't want you in my life, leave. And they really mean it from the heart, it's over. But in the same token, when you call God into your life, he, he wants to come in. He is looking for somebody to go into so he can walk through. And the only way to do that is to use your mouth to invite him in by prayer. Ain't you amazed you stand with a fellow and his wicked guy curses and all of that and you tell him, he says, I want to receive Jesus. And you tell him, repeat after me. I saw uh, in uh, France, I think it was in France, this preacher preaching, she said, so you're saying they, will, they are saved now because they repeated what you just said? You think they're saved now, she says. It was a reporter. I, I mean, she went up to the uh, podium to talk to the preacher. <laughs> it was a crazy thing. And she says, so you just said this prayer with these people, and they repeated. So now you're telling me they are saved and going to heaven because they repeated what you just said? He said, yes, yes, ask them. <laughs> but you can see just by speaking few words that you said for them to repeat, Right? Like they just say something, and then the next day, they changed. Just because they spoke those words that came from you, from the word of God, and now their lives transformed. What happened? They said a few words in prayer, and they meant it from the heart. Now their life is transformed. What were they doing? They were giving God's permission to come into their life. That's all. And their lives change. In the same way, when you ask God to come into your finances, then he gets involved. You remember the story of the blind man, right? 
he was screaming, Lord Jesus, uh, son of David, have mercy on me. He was blind. He had his jacket to let everybody know he was blind. But he was asking, who was going by? They said, Jesus, oh, this is it. I'm going to see today. This is it. It's all over. He started yelling. And they said, be quiet. You're making too much noise. Oh, he said, that's noise for you. You haven't heard it. Jesus! <laughs> and Jesus said, call him. And the same people who were telling him, be quiet. Shut up. They said, hey, be of good cheer. He's calling for you. Basically, they're saying, your troubles are over. He's calling for you now. Be of good cheer. And then the guy went to Jesus, expecting him to do something. And Jesus says, what do you want me to do for you? And he said, huh? <laughs> but that's Jesus. He's going to ask you. Until you say it from your mouth, he doesn't have permission to walk in that situation. Saying it from your mouth is what is called prayer. I know when we pray, we like to kneel, okay? Dear Lord, here is your beloved son. Whatever you're doing. But when Jesus prayed, he looked up into the sky, right? And he said, when you stand praying, didn't that what he said? You can kneel, but he said, when you stand praying, it doesn't matter the position. It has to come out of your mouth directed to him. And when it's directed to him, you've given him permission. It doesn't matter who you are or how bad things were before you opened your mouth. As a spirit, you spoke to the chief of all spirit, and you invited him into your situation. And you're saying, I need help. He, he promised to help. Amen. He promised to help. So that's, what, that's who he is. Isaiah 41 verse uh, 10. is God promise. It says, fear not, for I am with you. No matter, this is, I'm going to close here tonight, okay? But no matter what you're going through, God says, don't be afraid of it. Amen? If you can trust God tonight, and I encourage you, no matter if you're hearing my voice tonight, no matter what the situation is, God, your Father, He's speaking to you tonight. And He is saying to you, do not fear. For I am with you. And you need to believe that he is with you. He won't just say it. He knew. He knows what he's saying. He is with you. You are not the one telling him he's with you. He's saying, I am with you. You don't need to be afraid. He said, don't be dismayed. Sometimes situations get so bad. You feel so helpless. You don't know what to do. You're hopeless in this situation. But God says, because I'm with you. Don't go that way. That's what he's saying. Don't do that. Because I'm bigger than your problem. Amen? No matter what it is. He says, because I am your God. For I am your God. I will, not me, I will strengthen you. If you look to me, I will strengthen you. Strengthen you so that you are staying, you can persevere and go through the trouble. Just like Pastor Wendy went through. He'll strengthen you. Things may not change overnight, but he'll keep you strong because you've spoken to, he, to, to him. You made your request known to him, and the peace of God will guard your mind. 
your heart and your mind. In Christ, he will guard your mind. So you're not, the problem is still there, but you're not scared. And you're not dismayed. Nobody can see it. Because you've spoken to him. And he's giving you encouragement in your heart. He said, don't be dismayed. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. He'll help you. What to do is not to be dismayed. Start looking for the help. Amen. You know, God has the way of doing things. He told Sarah and Abraham, he said, at the appointed time this year, next year, there's always an appointed time with God. And when that time comes, he doesn't know how to hold back. That's why a day with God is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like one day. When God is not ready, it's like a thousand years. He says, stand. Stand there. Don't give in. Don't be dismayed. Don't be worried. Wear a smile. Amen. And the devil is saying, why are you smiling? You are in trouble. Say, because I have uh, the inside information. Amen. I know the one I'm serving. I have the inside time. He's in there. But at the appointed time, he visits you. And one a thousand, when God is ready, one day is like a thousand years for him. It's too long. Just one few hours, God saying, today, that's it. And the problem is all over. He acts really quickly when his time comes. That's the way he acts. Very quickly. And it's the whole thing that looks like a, a tornado or a hurricane, it's, it's now come. Because God is there. Amen? And that's what he's going to do for every one of you in Jesus' name. That's your Lord tonight in the name of Jesus. He's going to help you. He will uphold you with his righteous right hand. You know his righteous right hand? That's where Jesus is at. Seated at his right hand. He'll take care of you. You cannot be a child of God in vain. There, there are benefits that come with that. You're not alone. You're not alone in the world. Amen? You are absolutely not alone. Wear a smile. Amen? Wear a smile everywhere you go. is smile because Jesus loves you. Amen? Wear a smile regardless of what's going on. That's faith. Amen? And it pleases God. When you hang your head down, he knows you don't trust him. It's hard for a child to doubt you, right? When a child, you, told, tell, you tell a child, I'm going to do this, and the child keeps asking as if they are not sure if you're going to do it, then you're in real trouble with that kid. He doesn't trust you. But when you tell them, I'm going to take care of it, they go rejoicing, telling their friends, tomorrow, daddy's going to get me this. Even though daddy may be broke, they don't care. Daddy, <laughs> daddy's going to do it. Because daddy said, amen? They believe it. And they'll tell their friends, I think we should be as children, amen? Be as children before God. He says, except you are converted and become as children, you will not enter. It's not heaven. You just will not enjoy the kingdom of God. You don't know how to be a child. Just trust him, amen? Stand up with me tonight. Thank you. Could you just raise your hands up, wear a smile, and tell God I'm happy because I know I don't have any trouble. I've passed all my troubles to you. He cares for you. I got no trouble, God. 
Thank you, God, because I pass it all on to you. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. He cares seriously for you. You don't have any trouble. Just pass it on. Amen. Pass it on. Pass it on. Father, we thank you tonight for your love. Thank you for your great mercy. You've loved us so much. You've shown so much love. We have no reason to be afraid. Our God is with us. You are working everything together for good for us. You are working everything together for good because of your purpose. And we love you, O God. We love you, our God. Thank you, Father. We go back to our homes today with great joy in our heart. Because we are not alone. We have you in our lives. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.